Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome to Dialogue Between the Lines. Today I'm here with my guest host, Kerry Harchin. He is the RavioliTheWriter.com guy and he blogs extensively about all sorts of things, funny otherwise and, and just interesting about uh, blogs about writing. Um, how are you doing today, Kerry? I'm doing fine. It's wonderful to be here, Susan. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Um, have you been doing anything exciting lately? Um, just writing, 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 writing. Yeah, me too. Took your workshop, which was wonderful. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. That was a fun workshop. Um, my uh, latest news is I've got a piece in the Virginia Quarterly Review, which is an awesome literary journal. I'm excited about that. And also Spider Brains is coming out March 26th through Astrea Press, which is uh, which uh, they uh, they specialize in sweet fiction. So I'm excited about that coming out. But what I'm most excited about today is our awesome guest. We have with us the amazing Kreskin today. And um, if you want to uh, talk with Kreskin, we've got a chat room open. Um, also, we have our send, send us our, your questions if you if you're worried about getting online. But um, either way, we uh, have uh, Kreskin with us today, and you can find out more about Kreskin at www.amazingkreskin.com. He has a new book out, and that is called Conversations with Kreskin, and you can get that through Amazon.com. But right now, I want to welcome to our show. The amazing Kreskin. Kreskin, you are on the air. Susan Carey, how are you folks? We're doing great. Thank how you, are you for being Good we're morning. Do- great. We're doing just are you great. Out? And Can I hear that you are, are you out in Virginia? No. We're on the we're about as far uh west as you can get without being in Canada. Because I had thought you had said the, the, the you know something about Virginia, and I'm, because I travel a great deal. Where, where are you, what city are you in right now? We're in Friday Harbor, Washington. It's close to Seattle. Oh, yeah, I, I love the state of Washington. I've performed there many, many times. And uh, do I do I understand that Carrie? I, I would love to interview you folks because do I understand that Carrie is a writer. I, I am, yes, sir. And what can I can I ask what kind of work that you do, Carrie? Uh, at the moment, I'm working on a novel for young people and a few other short novellas. Mostly, yeah. Did I hear that Susan said something about Spider? Something about the coming out that you wrote, Susan? <laughs> yes, I've I've written a book. Um, I've this is my uh, that one happens to be my eleventh novel, but. Um, Spider Brains is coming out. It's the, being released the 26th of March. But I'm excited about your book. I just downloaded it for my Kindle. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I this this is my uh, my 19th book, and but I the reason the reason I got so curious about your writing is I I have a passion for reading, as I've discussed 
many times in broadcasts. I, I read four books a night when I'm home. In oh fact, my. the uh, BBC, the, the BBC in England came to my. I, I built a, a, a house on my grounds just for my library, which is over, which is over uh, nine thousand books. And uh, I, you my know, and, and you, both of you will appre- both of you will appreciate this. I often because I do I do a lot of university shows. I've done over a thousand college shows in this country, and I say to students. If anybody, if anybody ever looks you in the eye and says they're they're bored, you're looking at a very boring person because all they have to yeah. do is pick up a book and it could change their life. Absolutely, that's true. It's totally true, and I'm so excited about conversations with Kreskin that was written by you, and that is that is out most recently, 19 books. Wow, that's in, incredible. But conversations with Kreskin <laughs> isn't. And didn't I read somewhere that you have? Tom Hanks and John Malkovich in the works on a movie about you. The movie, the movie, uh, the movie came out actually came out a, a couple of years ago, and uh, uh, it was written by Sean McKinley, who was my uh, who was my road manager for a number of years. And folks, uh, all you folks listening in, and not, not everybody heard about the movie and so forth, but it's called The Great Buck Howard. And you can you can access it on on the internet and what have you. Now I got to explain to everybody the off stage story in because uh, John Malkovich plays me in the movie as is announced right. at the end. But the off stage story, uh, Kreskin's uh, of, of this character's love life, uh, where he's kind of miserable. He's not nice to his gals and what have you, and he's not nice to people who work for him. That's not. That's not my true story. Although my friends say Creston, my God, that's that's a reflection of, we, of who we know. I'm only joking, but on <laughs> on stage, every <laughs> everything you know, they had to make they had to embellish the story and make it kind of intriguing. So it's not a biography, but on stage, every single thing that happened on stage, I could tell you the city, the town, the date it took place. But I'm, I I got to say to both of you, the thing that's really disarming, and I've been asked this an endless amount of times is how does one feel because I had to go to the screenings and the, and see the, the, the uh, pieces as, as they were as they were uh, filming each part. How does one feel when a, a man like John Malkovich, who's a very fine actor, is really uh, you know modeling himself in the movie after you? And, and as Tom Hanks said to me, he says, Kreskin, he spent three days watching hours upon hours of videos of you to get your mannerisms down. He says, on the downside, and when I heard Tom Hanks say downside, I said, what is he going to say? He says, Preston, after that, for three days, he shook hands, and I'll never forget Hanks saying this. He says, I want you to hear this, Preston. He shook hands with over 30 people every day the way you shake hands, and the only way, uh, Carrie, and, and, and folks that I can explain how I shake hands Susan and Carey, is the way Regis Philbin describes it. My handshake is the dream of every chiropractor on the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a powerful, powerful handshake, isn't it? Well, I, I have, I have an energy, and I, it's not an affectation. Uh, it's been all my life, and uh, I, I, I just have a, an excitement about my work. And you know, I'm on, I'm on the road. Uh, the Air, uh, American Airlines. Uh, this month, the last month had a whole. Their issue had a long story with me. They started researching it a year ago, January. But the airline industry has estimated that I've flown a little over three million miles. So I'm on the oh road. Oh my goodness! Wow! And so you've got some 
mile uh you've got a, a big mile mileage plan that you get <laughs> well people yeah people say to me Susan they say my god Kreskin, with all these frequent flyers you can go on vacation anywhere Susan and Carrie if I go on vacation I want to go on a slow moving boat a camel <laughs> or a canoe no airplane please canoe. I, love, not, I want to go in a canoe you know, like, hey, I ha- I two have a years question. ago Sure. I, I have a question for you about your gift of and this this um this beautiful gift that you have. When did you realize you had this gift? You must have been very young. You know, you know, Susan, you really hit on a very very meaningful point in my life and maybe maybe that's one of the excitements of, of my new book because even though I've recounted multitude of behind-the-scenes stories, you know, having done 88 Carson shows, which is more than any guest in history, and when Regis left uh, last year, left ABC, I had and I was honored to be one of the last people asked to be on with him. But I had I had done 105 shows with Regis and what have you. But in the book that just came out, uh, uh, what's what's neat to me, I feel like a kid about this, is Joe Saint Pierre who is a very prominent young cartoonist. He does a lot of the comic books that, that people are reading today. And he put he did eight pages in the middle of the book. When you take this hard mound book and, and riffle through it, the middle eight pages are color a color cartoon sequence of the the first incident in my life that changed that that really directed what I was gonna do. I was in third grade and um it was raining outside, and uh, I can remember remembering I'm nine years old, and my teacher, Miss Curtis, she said to the class, well, you can't, you can't go out and play today. Uh, I'm going to teach you a game. And so she sent one of the class, one of my classmates out, and, out of the room, I, and I can remember it was Jane Hamilton, and we hid, uh, Susan and Carrie, we hid a bean bag, a little cloth bean bag, Mm-hmm. somewhere in the classroom. As I recall, we put it in somebody's desk. And uh, so she called Jane Hamilton back, and she says, Now, Jane, this is the game we're going to play. You walk around, and the cl- your classmates will say to you, if you're getting near where the beanbag is, they'll say, you're getting warm. If you're not near it, you're cold. If you're close to it, you're hot. It's an old game, hot and cold. And she, you know, she finally found it. And I was terribly disappointed that I wasn't picked to play, I thought eh, this would be so much fun. So walking home from school, which was about a mile walk each day, and uh, especially neat because you breathe the fresh air and what have you, I was thinking, i got to play this game. So I get home. My brother, who's three years younger, he's home, but my mother is shopping, and so there's no one home. My father's working. So I said, let's go over to Grandma and Grandpa's house. And they were from Sicily. They didn't speak a lot of English. I, I, I loved them dearly, and it was an old two-story house that my grandfather built with his own hands, a beautiful home. I said, Joey, since they rented the downstairs to others, I said, Joey, go upstairs, hide this penny upstairs in, in Grandma and Grandpa's house. So he went upstairs, and then he calls me, and I meander up these old wooden stairs. I get up to the second floor, and I walk into this large kitchen. It was an old-fashioned kitchen, and I, I, I'm meandering through, and I end up in my uncle's bedroom. He was at work. And I climb up on this chair because being nine years old, of course, I wasn't tall at all. Right. And when I climbed up on the chair, I, I found myself reaching behind a curtain rod uh, of the drapes, and then I, and I suddenly felt the penny. And then it dawned on me. 
I forgot Susan and Carrie to tell my brother to speak to me. I never, I never asked him to do anything. I never even commented to him. There was no communication. He said nothing. And somehow, I, you know, my grandmother being Italian, I, I wonder if she thought I maybe had the evil eye. But that, that was the yeah. beginning. And wow. uh, it got around the family. And I was invited to private parties, private affairs. And by the time I was 12 years old, I was starting to perform. I was getting big money in those days, $5 an appearance. Now, that's something. Wow. Well, that is a lot back then, huh? Well, you know what? It's interesting, the evolution of my career, because I was performing in, in my schools and at teachers' events and what have you in the East Coast here. But now... When people see me around the world, and a year ago, I did in one year 261 appearances around the world. So I'm, oh I'm, as I said, I'm on the road all the time. But in all my, most of my performances, and it's considered one of the highlights of my show. My shows run about two hours and 35 minutes in length. They're one-man shows. Yeah. But at us, uh, I turn. We we gather a committee of strangers from the audience, five or six or seven people, uh-huh. and I turn my check over to the committee. In the movie, The Great Buck Howard, the last third of the movie deals with this phenomenon. I turn my check over to the committee, and I'm escorted by one or two of the members from the theater. If it's inclement weather, they take me into another part of the building, so long as I don't know what's going on. And while I'm out of the theater, the committee hides my check anywhere in the entire theater, anywhere within the confines of that, that theater. In Carnegie Hall, if you can imagine, there's wow. four balconies, so they had a tremendous... Now when they've hidden it, they come back to the stage, and I'm called back in. And when I come back in, there's no questions asked. I do not... No one speaks to me. I simply say to the committee that they must think of what they've done. If I don't find my fee, if I don't locate it, it is returned to the people who booked me, and the show is for free. And you got to admit, that's a hell of a way to make a living. Oh, my goodness. It's incredible. It's incredible. But you have some other interests, too. And Carrie was telling me that you are um, involved in the uh, war on drugs and um, a few other social uh, uh, interests that you are doing good work for. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, Susan, I have never, except in my writings, Spoken much, even uh, even in television appearances. I uh, it really uh, I'm not I'm not I don't use that as part of my publicity and what have you. But I've I've been involved in 84, 84 crime cases through the years, in, in yeah. involving uh, whether it's been the FBI, it's been uh, local agencies and so forth in 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 helping the investigation of crime, which has fascinated uh, writers and what have you who are now. Uh, devoting some time to expanding on these experiences of mine. But I don't want people to think, uh, Susan, that I sit and suddenly sit in a room and somebody hands me some object that someone owns. I'm getting some kind of psychic vibrations. I'm a, I'm a thought reader. I deal with people's thinking. But what happens in, in many of the... Now, I've only been helpful. I've only been helpful in about a third of the cases, but at least I've, in those cases, been very important. What happens is I need to I need to address people who have somehow been exposed to the scenarios, the crime, or, or what have you, and may not be aware of the details that happened. One of the most dramatic was in Reno, Nevada, a very tragic case, and I, I, I don't want to go deeply into it, but a young lady right. coming out of college uh, was 
kidnapped at the door of her car and uh, and uh, anyway I got to know the family but anyway she was later on murdered what have you but the tragedy was they had no witnesses and the, the police came to me in Reno and they said could I help I said you know I need people who possibly could have seen something so the interview got in the papers and don't you know Carrie and and Susan three men Three men uh, called and said, you know, I, we don't think we can be of any help. They were separate men. One was a truck driver. But we were parked waiting for a long red light by the area where the students were leaving to get in their cars. We, I don't know if I saw anything or not. Now, this sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. I met each of these men separately. I had a court uh, artist with me. In the case of one man, I couldn't get anywhere. But in the case of two men separately, as I described the car... Uh, each of them by themselves in my dress room with with the committee of police there started to describe images that came to me and they just started to describe a person i was describing the girl who was of course kidnapped and murdered and the car and this may have triggered things in their unconscious the bottom line is this the picture the composite picture drawn by the artist was in the newspaper for five or six days a few weeks later in 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 in, uh, in Los Angeles, California, a man was picked up on a suspicion of another murder and fit totally the description of this particular person that had only been put together by two men with vague memories. Oh my goodness! Oh it's my goodness! It is remarkable. It's so it's the, a it's a miracle in a way, isn't it? Well, you know, Susan and, and Carrie, I'm I I've been very blessed. Uh, I've been very blessed and. Uh, I, uh, the abilities that I have are inherent in many, many people. It's just the problem today, Susan and Carrie, and I've, I've, I've lectured around the world when I've been asked to speak seriously about things, is we're becoming a socially dysfunctional society whereby people are doing everything by pressing buttons in front of them or tapping things and making short codes. We're not listening to each other as we once did. We're not feeling the way each other does. People in love don't even talk and can somehow hear each other. And this factor, I've met hundreds and hundreds of grade school teachers that worry about our young people today because you cannot spend all your time sitting at a box. You've got to relate, play, and use your imagination. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yep. I totally agree with you like too. And you know what's what's I what I really enjoyed about what you just said was that people in love can communicate without really talking and if we could somehow express our love more to one another, not necessarily people that are in love, but for everybody because we are all of a like mind, we would get along so much better and I I really enjoy that you wanted to speak with the president and and members of the political parties to try and uh, relieve some of the ridiculousness that always seems to happen in politics. Um, You know, Susan, Susan, what you said is so meaningful. It's the ridiculousness that's happened in politics. I I, I want everybody to, uh, they've seen me interviewed on, 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 heard me mention on on television shows this. I don't want any of you folks listening in to think that I am playing a particular party angle or party line. I am am not a liberal and I'm not a conservative. I happen to think 
independently. Some things I think very liberal about, some, some things I think very conservatively about. But I want to say something, and, uh, and because I've been I asked more than ever before in my life to, and, and to expound on this to some degree, and, and I, Fox Television has just a, a few weeks ago sat with me for an hour and asked me questions and said, just off the top of your head, express how you feel about it. Folks, I'm not an, I know a tremendous amount about very little, and very little about everything else. But all I can do is this, because I spend so much time with people and how they think. I can start reflecting the impressions that I get. I believe our and by the way, I have nothing against the, the United States Senate or the United States House of Representatives. I wish most of them had been on the Titanic, but that's a personal feeling. <laughs> but they have lost. But they have lost communication with us. And yes, one of the reasons that I've said for 12 years is that we're not the people that are that are reflecting our lives are not our political leaders that we have. They are lobbyists, and right now in Washington D.C. there are over 35,000 lobbyists. Our founding fathers, whom I revere, Ben Franklin, I've read almost everything he's written, Washington, and so forth. They would be turning over in their graves. They would. They would. There is no reason that we should have 35,000 people representing us and having so little happen in our government that represents what we want as a country. It's incredible. But I just I wanted to commend you because of your effort to try and speak with them. I hope that they're receptive. I do, too. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, expect to, I don't expect to give them answers... Uh, Carrie and Susan, that is not my point. I expect to bring people together so they, though, so they think in harmony. You know, right. you, 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 you can't, you can't have a rigid feeling on one side of the, on one side of the, the fence and a rigid feeling on the other side of the fence. That's not the way people who get married uh, consolidate their feelings. They adapt and so forth. And that's what these people must do. They're acting. Yeah. I hate to say this, but they're acting like like uh, children that will not even re- bend in their thinking, and that is not what life is all about. I, I have to tell you, let's you know, I I enjoy I really enjoy talking to you folks, and I, what I'd like to do because I'm I'm leave, believe it or not I'm leaving now because I have a a program in New York, but I want what I'd like to do is to speak to you folks soon again, and maybe I can tell you some of the anecdotes in the books and behind-the-scenes things that people never knew about, Carson and all the other people, Letterman and what have you. Absolutely. And you know what, Creskin, we'll um, do this in a longer show when we when you come back. Will you do that? I will be back. Yes, I, I'm going to be away all the next I'm going to be traveling all, all right. next week, but I'm going to be back in about 10 days. And you know what, we'll do, what I'd like to do? Um, I'm not going to say... Uh, you know, uh, Carrie and Susan, I'm not going to say goodbye to your folks, but just let's, in the spirit of broadcasting, let's just say to be continued, okay? To be oh, continued is right. Thank very you good. so much, Kreskin, for being with us. I appreciate that you've, you're here on the, such a busy schedule, and so thank you very much for joining us. A real pleasure. Thank you, sir. Godspeed. Godspeed, Carrie to you and Susan. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. I am just so in love with this interview. I'm, I, I, it could have gone on forever. Oh, it could have. And, we could have sat it for hours. And I'm so excited about that. And uh, 
Uh, again, Conversations with Kreskin is available on Amazon through, and, of course, in bookstores, but you can get it through Amazon.com for your Kindle. I'm sure it's on, in BNN, uh, Barnes & Noble, and available on all, all the major online distributors as well as any bookstore that you pop into. Kreskin has been um, around for almost, um, what, four decades in uh, in television and and uh and doing the Johnny Carson show when Johnny Carson was on and Jack Parr uh, before Johnny Carson and the Phil Donahue show and Regis Philbin my goodness he's been on so many of these amazing um television shows talk shows with David Letterman and whatnot um so I don't know about you, Carrie, but I feel very lucky to have just spoken with him for the brief time that oh, we had. Oh, I feel absolutely privileged. This was just a wonderful, it's uplifting experience. Uplifting, yeah, yeah. I feel so energized by him. I do, too. I can't wait for our next conversation to be continued with Kreskin. So um, Carrie and I will be talking with Kreskin again in the next couple of weeks, I hope, and we hope that you'll join us when we do. Um, but for now, we're going to end it. And this is Dialogue Between the Lines. You can find us at www.dialoguebtl or on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm Susan Wingate with my wonderful guest co-host, Carrie Harchin, with RavioliTheWriter.com. And uh, please join us in the next couple of weeks with To Be Continued with Kreskin. You take care. And for now, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.